You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Hi, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. What comes to your mind when you think of self-care? Does that concept come across as self-indulgent or selfish? I hate that word so much. If it's in like a topic for a breakout session or something, like I'm out, O-U-T, out. I do not want to talk about how we need to all be focusing on ourselves <sighs> and all that. So this is funny that we're having this conversation today. Yes. Well, I, I don't... I, guess I think about expensive beauty treatments and spas and things like that, right? Yes. High-end vacation, yes. shopping, me time, me time. Um, or maybe you think that self-care is reserved for people who have time and money to spare. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think I thought about that when I was a young married mom. I was like, I can't afford a massage. I can't afford, I can't, I would tell myself this all the time. I can't afford fill in the blank. Right. Well, who has time for self-care when you're caring for 15 other little beings yeah and you know manny petty and all that was all extravagances that we yep. couldn't afford at the time and so it, it it might just for a lot of different reasons for women you know for me it's more like stop thinking about yourself so much <laughs> yeah you're you're worse than you think and you probably could repent wow tell us how you you're really gonna feel. feel better on like confess your <laughs> sins to one another and you will be healed you will be healed but um but we're you know what? I have a more well well rounded view of self care. You've come a long way. You have I, I have come a long way and it's in part due to our guest today, Kira Whitaker. Welcome, Kira. Oh, thank you guys for having me. So I'm so excited to have you here. Um I found you through some mutual friends and um it's just been a joy to get to know you and and really you're the best of what self care really represents to women. Oh, that's you really are. That's a big. That's a, <laughs> oh. You do. You have a big heart for Jesus, and you're, you have so much knowledge. I just, I can't wait to get to get started on this topic with you from a Christian worldview perspective. Really, so let's tell our audience a little bit about Kira, and then we'll let her introduce herself. Yeah. Okay. So Kira is the owner of Arden Yoga and Wellness. She's an internationally certified yoga therapist and a nationally board certified health and wellness coach. She spent the last decade helping thousands of clients transform their movement, mindset, and health. Yeah, and she's married to Boone Whitaker. How long have y'all been married? Um, I asked Boone last night because I don't ever know. I don't. I, don't, I keep up with everything else. So we have been married for twelve years. Mm -hmm. I was guessing about that. Just based, yeah, yeah. And you have Ori and Willow, a boy and a girl. Yes. And um, you live on a farm. We do. We do. Like, kind of like Bonnie. You got some I animal do. friends with you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're like a, a small petting zoo. Like yeah. we're not like a working farm. Same. No, it, it it's really just a place to dump money. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Totally. You know, because I'm just paying for feed and vet bills and they're not producing anything <laughs> back. Yeah. However... We do have animals. <laughs> Bonnie feels you. I do. To the core of her being. Deep in my soul. I feel that. Yes. Well, okay. I found you because you have a business called Arden Yoga and Wellness. And I was talking to some girlfriends over lunch one day. 
about how I just needed to start moving my body. That was kind of the final frontier for wellness for me. And they're like, oh, you got to call Kira. She's the best. She's the best. And so I did. So can you just tell us about yourself? Tell us about your your training, kind of your vision when you opened yeah. Arden Yoga and Wellness, because it's, it's not an exercise studio, yeah. women. It's just something totally other. So... Yeah, so my, I always kind of say my past life, um, I'm formally trained in Western medicine, so I was a nurse, and then I decided after we had Ori, our son, he was about one and a half, to start staying at home, and the the reason was because I was working a 10, 12-hour shift, 16-hour shifts, and we just felt like it was, that's what our family needed, um, and during that time, Ori was in, I think he was in Mother's Day out a couple mornings a week. So I had a little bit of wiggle room and you, anybody who's a young mom, if you've even got an hour without your child, you're like, what do I do with myself? What is, I mean, the groceries are done. It just felt wild. And so another kind of lens here is I had a really, really nasty horseback riding accident when I was 13 and I broke my back. So I'd had chronic pain since middle school and then during pregnancy and then especially working as a nurse, my chronic back pain had just gotten really, really bad is, is probably not the best word because it was so mentally and emotionally consuming for me because it was chronic and it was constant. And so I couldn't run. I wanted to move my body. I wanted to start figuring out what does self-care look like. But all of the different ways movement-wise that I was seeing my peers and my friends in their early and mid-20s move their body wasn't going to be something that was applicable for me because I had this, this really lingering injury in my body. And so... I wandered into a yoga studio um, in downtown Murphy's Brother Clothes now and basically just said I, I need to move and I was probably teary-eyed because I felt so just helpless and frustrated and she was so kind to me and help me modify all these poses and just breathe and lay there on the mat and everyone else was moving in that same way and there was no competition and there was no high intensity (laughs) and it just for the first time in my adult life I went oh this is my brain and body living in the same place at one time and I hadn't experienced that and so after that I started doing yoga just here and there at the local gym or a yoga class, you know, whenever I could fit it in. And a girl at one of the local gyms asked me to, this is so random, why she trusted me with this, I don't know. She asked if I could sub one of her classes, if I could teach it for when she was out of town. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, I can do this. You know, I've had formal training in anatomy and physiology. You know, I can keep an airway open. I can surely do this. (laughs) And so... I taught a few classes for her and then people started requesting me and I thought, okay, well, why would I do this on their time when I could just teach my own classes somehow and I could work it around my schedule with Ori and Boone's schedule. And so from a business standpoint, I kind of went, well, this doesn't make much sense. I'm kind of, I could do this a little more efficiently maybe. And so that's how my my business got started is it really was more of a service that I wanted. I wanted movement, a mindful movement class that 
blended a lot of different modalities, but also was really, really sound and well-rooted in not only science, but anatomy and physiology. So really, really good human science training. And so I kind of just blended a lot of different things at the time yoga therapy was was coming coming onto the scene, almost like how physical therapy was back in the 70s. It was a certificate program and people had been doing it, but they were trying to figure out how to regulate it and clean it up. That's how yoga therapy was 12 years ago when I got started. And so I was starting to implement some of those things. And then my studio just took off. I started with group classes. I had a childcare room in the studio. So Ori came with me. Then I got pregnant with Willow. I taught till 41 weeks pregnant with Willow back two weeks 41. later. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then wore her mm-hmm. um, in all of my classes. All of my clients will tell you. I mean, I had her on at all times and Ori was there. And then after that, I started doing private sessions because of my medical background. I had a lot of doctors asking me to see their clients or their patients for them. And then I would say probably seven years ago, maybe a little bit longer was when I made the shift to go down to only one-on-one sessions. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, so that that's kind of the, the beginning of how I got into all of this is it really was something that I went, I, I, I wish this was something we had in our community. Well, then go be a big girl and create it for your community. <laughs> you know, we hear that a lot. We hear that from our OMT um, guest that was on. She had problems with her own son with tongue ties and things like that. And she was a nurse. You know, she's like, same kind of story. Yeah. I can't find it anywhere else. I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Go girl. It, I know. I love that. <laughs> I love how God uses, you know, a, a point of pain, a point of you kind of desperate sounding mm-hmm. looking yeah. for solutions. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, not only that, I'm going to use this like as a vector to bless other people. So, okay. For, for those of our listeners who were squeamish about yoga mm-hmm. and they think it's like from the devil. Yeah. Um, can you put their minds at ease? Um, I don't know if I'm the person to put anybody's <laughs> mind at ease. <laughs> I, I think that that's, that's such a, a personal thing. Um, for people. And, and to be honest, I stopped trying to be the yoga police like a decade ago. <laughs> you turned in your badge. Yeah, I did. Um, because again, I just, I think it's, it's, it, it's really a personal, a personal thing for people to walk through mm-hmm. and, and to be diligent to seek out information, but mm-hmm. also ask for discernment and wisdom mm-hmm. when they're figuring out which direction or which path they want to take when they're talking about their healing or taking care of themselves. But what I can say for me is if you if we were to zoom out and look at all of the different ways that we utilize healing in the United States, I think we have to be really, really careful not to cherry pick because I see a Chinese medicine doctor and he's phenomenal. And then I also have a Western medicine doctor and a lot of his training because he's an osteopath has stemmed from other lineages and other different philosophies. And so I think we have to be careful there. I think we have, we, I think that we need to make sure that it's from discernment and it's not fear. A lot of times we're just scared of things that we have an ignorance towards. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if, 
for me, I look at yoga therapy. So if you look at yoga therapy in Eastern cultures in India, that's what they utilize in their physical therapy units. There would be, it wouldn't look any different. Probably not air conditioning in a lot of them if it's outside <laughs> of the city, yeah. but it's their healing modality. Mm-hmm. So it's called a science. Yoga therapy and Ayurvedic medicine are the two sister sciences that that culture uses. And so for me, it's a science. We now have a ton of research and ev- from every single major medical institution nationwide and then also in European countries that show the healing benefits of it that are that are measurable. Um, and I think that that's where you go, this is what I'm not comfortable with or this is what this flirts on a line with. So I, there's there's so many different there's so many different styles. There's so many different people who work with people that are yoga professionals. And and I think it's important to, to know what you're looking for, know what, what you're comfortable with, um, and do a little bit of research. But for example, when I used to go to group yoga classes, I was not interested in a class that had chanting and a lot of talking. And that's that wasn't what I was looking for. But it's also the same way that if there was a cycling class that has raunchy rap music playing, I'm out. Mm, good point. And so I, that's why I say I think it's mm. important not to cherry pick. Mm-hmm. And in that same conversation, if we're and again, I'm I'm going to be bold here because we're all adults in the room. If 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 we're, you know, on Facebook writing a bunch of stuff about how yoga is from the devil, well, have, have you checked in with every single doctor that you work with and their biblical beliefs? Right. Because that person's helping you with your health as well. Mm -hmm. So are we doing our esthetician? Are we doing our doctor? Have you checked in with your OB? Have you checked in with your cardiologist? Did you ask your pharmacist who's preparing your medications at CVS there? So again, how deep do you want to go with yes. this? Yeah. And you have to ask yourself, point. is this because I'm genuinely asking about my team and everybody who's got hands on my health care and my wellness? Or is this because I'm afraid of something that I don't know and I haven't done a deep dive? I appreciate that so much because I, um, I think as Westerners, um, especially Western Christians, mm-hmm. we tend to um, get real squeamish and discount truth that other image bearers of God in other parts of the world have discovered. And like you said, we tie, um, they may attribute it to a wrong source. Mm -hmm. And so we just throw the whole thing out where, you know, the source of it is God. And these are, these are smart, capable, competent image bearers of God who have learned a lot of things about the human body that I would love to appropriate that knowledge and give God the glory for it. So, so thank God for people like you who can come into it with a Christian worldview. And I feel like, Oh, I'm in, I'm in capable, not just, not just well-trained, but like capable, competent Christian hands. Um, and, and that's, I just wanted to address that. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a really fair point. And when you say appropriate that knowledge and give God the glory for it, um, yeah, take, Take what you can get. Yeah. And, you know, if they're, if somebody else is going to twist it for a reason, then will you t- twist it right back? Right. So, I, I mean, listen, do I know if the maker of Advil, the discoverer of the Advil formula, <laughs> is a Christian and loves God? Absolutely not. And, and in addition to that, I don't even know how it works in my body. Mm-hmm. I took four this morning. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, I was totally did not question just, any of that. Turn so, it over to God. There you go. So, thank you. You know what? My art. We have the same Chinese medicine doctor, yeah. and he turned to me and said, "Bless these to your body when you take them." And I was like, "Like I do my dinner." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I should be blessing my vitamins to my body and, and asking God to bless my Advil the few times I have to take it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it it really does. I've just loved that journey of kind of going, what do I believe and why do I believe it? And it's important. It's important to understand. I appreciate, I appreciate you going down that little rabbit trail with us. Yeah. Okay. Kira, I was asking my um, son yesterday because I knew we were going to do this interview. I said, what would you say the difference between health and wellness is? You're asking him or you're asking I was me. asking my well, son, but I'm asking a, you. He's an aspiring PA. PA. He PA so school. he's he's wanting to go to PA school. Okay. So she's just picking his brain. Did he give you an answer? I'm curious now. <laughs> yeah, he did, but I'm not going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this one is, I don't think you're going to find a definitive answer across the board. Health is typically, we're going to think of health and look at health as more disease processes, the presence of disease the absence of disease, a little bit more clinical and measurable, whereas wellness has more of a holistic connotation to it. And it's a li- it can be a little bit less measurable and it looks at more of the whole picture. I personally try not to get too hung up on words, especially when I'm working with clients, because health and wellness might be interchangeable terms for people when I work with them. And so what I typically will do is I add on holistic to both holistic health, the whole picture of your health. That can be your financial health. That can be your spiritual health. That can be your cardiovascular health. And then the same thing for wellness, Okay, your holistic wellness. Mm -hmm. So there is a way to to make the two different, but also they can overlap. And I don't think it has to be a deal breaker. They can mean mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did that answer your question? It did. And he said the same thing. Okay. He did the measurable thing. So, so I, was I wasn't like, wrong. So interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh. You, know, you get to trump him by virtue of age and experience. Oh, absolutely. Experience. But <laughs> I, I'm just a words person. So I, yeah. I was trying yeah. to parse it out for myself. Yeah. And then I thought, well, you know, when we say stuff, our language is if I am not particularly healthy, well, I don't feel well. Yeah. I don't feel well. Yeah. It's not that I'm saying I don't feel healthy. I say I don't feel well. Yeah. So maybe that encompasses, yeah, because I'm kind of mentally down and I'm kind of emotionally down too. And I'm kind of, you know, mm-hmm. probably there's some spiritual factor in there. So that goes into your. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If your body is working fine, but your finances, to your point, Kira, are mm-hmm. off. Yeah. You don't feel well. <laughs> yeah. You feel stressed. Yeah. Yeah. Which then will affect your, your health. So, okay, so in the spirit of defining terms, what, what would you say self-care is if you were trying to encourage a young mom to, to think about self-care? So not to be obnoxious, but I would, I, would, I would reframe it into a question and say, how do you take care of yourself? Mm. Okay. And that, that's what I ask people. That, and that's also what I ask myself because in y'all's intro, you hit it so perfectly. Self-care has really been commoditized into this. It's, it's more of something that's well-branded and it's something to obtain rather to embody. And so 
self-care, I think, has gotten really, really muddy and messy. And it's made a lot of women especially feel like there's not a seat at that table for them because it can't be polished or pretty enough. Or maybe I don't have the finances to consistently be able to do that thing. So does that mean that that's not for me? And so I think to to serve to serve people, especially women, better in, in that conversation and to also be more inviting and to open up the possibility of making it something that is more, could be more, um, more applicable to their own story and life and where they're at is to say, how, how do you, or how can you take care of yourself? And you help people figure that out because I bet some people don't know don't the have answer, an answer to I was that. that. I was just Absolutely. How do I take care yeah. of myself? Uh-huh. And that's something that, that, that's where the health huh. coaching comes in. That's mm-hmm. something that I, I'll do, I typically do with people in health coaching. Cause a lot of people do come to me and they say, I'm not well, but they have no idea where the gaps are. They also don't know where they're really strong. So they don't know what, what, what they're doing really, really well in their life that could support those areas that need enhancement. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's definitely kind of more on that Mm -hmm. health coaching side because a lot of people don't. They just know that they that something's missing and they have a desire for it. We have, my husband's a veterinarian and we have a thing in veterinary medicine. We call it ADR when the client comes in and said, and it stands for ain't doing right. (laughs) Because it's the same thing, it sounds like, where you, yeah, my dog's kind of off, he's not really eating, and he's not as peppy as he used to be or whatever, and there's not really a diagnosis, per se, for that. It's just, uh, he's ADR. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how same. it is. Same. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. So what are some ways that you can care for yourself? Is it just as simple as... I like to go dig in the garden. Yeah, because here's the deal, Kara. I was that mm-hmm. mom. I was that young mom who was misunderstanding what self-care was mm-hmm. and thought it was a um, thing to obtain. Mm-hmm. And it was not for me because yeah. I didn't have the expendable, disposable income. Yeah. So, and that was, I now I could even tell, I could tell that 30-year-old version of myself, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. There's lots of things that are totally free. Yeah, prayer is free. That's yeah. spiritual care, right? Putting your feet in the grass, yeah. walking outside. That's mental care. Um, t- yeah, time with the Lord, mm-hmm. time with friends. Going for a run or swim. Or yeah. That's health care. Yeah. Am I missing? But, what am I missing? Like, Is that as right? A, as a young mom, we have a lot of busy moms mm-hmm. listening to this. A lot of moms who juggle a lot of responsibilities. And it is easy to put yourself at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. I would say... Stop right this second. <laughs> Stop striving for or putting effort and energy into what it needs to look like and what it needs to do. So what is this? What does the other side of taking care of myself need to give me? So what do I hope the benefits or the results of this is going to be versus what does it look like? Oh, my goodness. That's okay. that's. Mind boggling. I can't even say it. <laughs> really? Really? So, because young Renee was like going, it looks, you need to get that baby in a stroller and you need to go jogging around the neighborhood for mm-hmm. 1.5 miles. No, not, it was not, what no, does it need? No. My, mo- my favorite self care moments are so unpinterest worthy. <laughs> and you would be like, girl. <laughs> 
there's food on your shirt. That's not luxury. I mean, but those are the moments for me in the bu- in the busy season we're in right now. It, it's these micro moments. So if you didn't directly ask me this, but I think it could be helpful. So if somebody was trying to figure out, okay, what is my, my personal self-care, my care of self, what does it need to look like? The first thing that you need to do, whether it's self-care or you're trying to figure out how you could pursue your own wellness journey or where those gaps are, is you need to figure out and establish what are your strengths and values, because if you are on an operating system that is programmed to someone else's strengths and values, you will hit a wall every time and you will feel guilt and shame when it doesn't work and you will keep chasing your tail. It is so important that you pick three to four of each of your own strengths and then your own values. And when you can figure that out, it's like having the destination plugged into the GPS you know where you're going. And if you look up and it that's not what you see, you know you've taken a left-hand turn and you're we're, we're not on the right track anymore. And so that's why a lot of those luxurious, you know, those things that we think of when we think of self-care, they we they come along with that shame and guilt. They come with not being able to sustain them is because they don't align with our values. I don't find, I appreciate, I got my nails done the other day. Do you know why? Because Ori was at a birthday party for four hours. <laughs> Bless that mother. Almost, <laughs> that was. but almost to Franklin. Oh. And I was not driving back with Willow. We had been mm-hmm. out of town. And so I looked at Willow and I mean, my nails, they were real sad. And so were my toes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I said, let's go, let's go get our nails done. But my, I don't value, um, the mani petty. I, I don't, and I don't have a judgment if other yeah. people do. But I live on a farm. I always chip them. They don't mm-hmm. look nice, and so from it's just not something that I place a lot of value in. Right. And so that's why the upkeep of that as self care wouldn't work for me. It's because I don't. I don't. My mm. values don't align with that. So say your value though is peace. Yeah. Um, maybe you find peace in a massage. Absolutely. Or maybe you find peace literally just walking out in the yard mm-hmm. or sitting by the pool. Mm-hmm. Maybe you find peace mm-hmm. getting that pedicure. Maybe you're listening to an audio book and it's peaceful or you're just sitting there in silence and you're like, nobody can ask me anything. Again, no judgments, but you've got to figure out your values and then you figure out your strengths, which are what you're inherently good at. And then you utilize your strengths to help you put that self-care practice into action. But those are the two things that you've got to have to be successful in any behavior change, whether it's the self-care, whether it's starting to work out, whether it's hydrating more, you have to have those. And, and that that's not Kira's thoughts. That's research. Any behavioral change expert will tell you that those are the things that you need for success. Yeah. Okay. So you and I, Renee, both value, um, order I would say Mm -hmm. administration we're good at organization and administration Mm -hmm. and so I think both of us used those skills to implement routines in our lives raising small people Mm -hmm. because we also both value peace yeah and if we had no order and no routine and no organization we would have had the opposite correct we would have had chaos so I think I think we did that in a way without knowing it. It didn't look like the self-care that yeah. I was imagining yeah. what self-care meant, but I think it was. Oh yeah. We, for sure. Looking back, you know, David 
he, he, I mean, he was able, even able to verbalize it to me. He's like, I don't like a loud house. Okay. That's a value. And, um, and so what, what could I do to help make that happen? I personally, I didn't like a loud house either. So, but there are other beautiful friends of mine who love a loud house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to structure and they have strengths to play to, to, to that kind of a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You're right. It looks so different. Way more spontaneous. Yeah. You know, games and fun and different stuff. I remember when I first met with you, Kira, you, you kind of did this in a, in a brief little intake interview. You said like, why are you here? It was kind of like, what's, like, what's your goal? What, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> and I was like, I want to be want able to lift this grandbaby and every subsequent yeah. grandbaby and really live life with them physically as much as possible. Mm-hmm. That was a very clear. And I can like, and I can feel things getting creaky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you're just not physically, when your kids are teenagers and older, the physical work drops off. You know, I was vacuuming with a baby on one hip mm-hmm. the entire mm-hmm. house, mopping the floor with a baby on my back, mulching the landscaping with Emma in a backpack. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be in the hospital now. I know. <laughs> I know. I did that. Oh, yeah. You just, it, but it happens by degrees. Yes. And you don't realize I'm not moving. I'm not up and down out of the floor like I used to be. And now all of a sudden, it kind of hurts when I sit crisscross applesauce in the floor. Mm-hmm. And my elbows kind of feel wonky. And so, yeah, that was a great question. Why are you here? What do you, what's your purpose in being here? And aging well is a perfectly reasonable goal. Yeah. What's your why? Being a, being a happier wife and mom, that's a perfectly good goal. Mm-hmm. You know, that was hmm. so good. So, okay, a lot of that. Well, not all, but some, a lot of what we've been talking about is body health, right? Yeah. Movement. And that's kind of what I think about yoga is bending, stretching, flexibility, Mm -hmm. being able to open those hips up. As you can tell, Kira's a good talker. She talks you through the pain. (laughs) (laughs) When you you go deeper, she just starts chitty chatting. You miss Exhale. (laughs) Exhale. Breathe. Breathe. Exhale longer. Yeah. Yeah, Let's, let's, let's do a little scripture here and and move into what I think you're taking us to, Bonnie. Okay. Because uh, I love this passage of scripture, and it's been rolling around in my head the last couple of years a lot. First Thessalonians five sixteen and following. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, thank- sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. And this is one of the only places in scripture I can find where we hear spirit, soul, and body. There's lots of um, do's and don'ts. Paul's wrapping up some final instructions here. I I love this clarity. Some bullet points, some do's, some don'ts. Mm -hmm. And the why is, so your body, soul, and spirit will be kept blameless for the day. Of Jesus Christ. So in your work, can you talk to us how you would address a client as a body, soul, and spirit? Yeah. So I'm coming at this from the lens of a clinician. Mm -hmm. So going back to earlier in the podcast when we talked about defining health and wellness. Um, So if we look at health and wellness and someone who would be coming to me to work with me, then I would 
look at, I would zoom out and I would invite them to look at their life, their health, every aspect of of themselves from a holistic viewpoint. And so when we do that, there's different pillars or pieces of the pie that factor in every aspect of your life. Um, Some of the different pillars are different according to who you look, who who's doing it. I do mine by Vanderbilt's model, which is really similar to most institutions. Um, I'm going to read them for you guys because a lot of times I'll say this same thing twice because I forget where I started. But this is this is how we would look at somebody from a holistic viewpoint. And it'll answer your question of how I bring that in with people. So if we were to look at someone's health from a holistic viewpoint, that bird's eye view, everything that makes up and affects your life from a health standpoint. We would have your daily rhythm and balance. We would have your movement, exercise, and play, food and nourishment, your environment, your sleep and your rest, your relationships and your community, your mind-body connection, and your spirit and soul. This is not from me. This is from Duke. Vanderbilt, every major medical institution recognizes that as a key part of your overall health. So, so that why what, don't I ever hear him talk about it, Kara? Mm, well, because they get <laughs> ten minutes tops with you. Yeah, because I, I don't feel like they see me like that. Not Vanderbilt in particular. I, I see you like, like that. I know you do. <laughs> That's why I love you so much. So, but just my regular Western doctors. I don't. I, maybe it's a time thing, Bonnie. I just don't feel like they. It, it's like you got to broken spark plug let's fix that send you on your way well they're good at one little aspect of it you know they're not good at their go see your minister if you want to know about the rest of it yeah (laughs) maybe and maybe that we should yeah you know i just i feel like i have to piece this all together Mm -hmm. and i'm in my 50s and i'm just piecing it all together i want these young moms to piece it together way sooner than i did yeah i want them to to understand this concept and then they can go seek out Mm -hmm what they need. Yeah. But I, I, I thought a, it wasn't for me. I thought it was out of reach for me and I didn't really understand it all that well. Mm-hmm. Cause I wasn't hearing it church either, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. We should be hearing this. Yeah. The body it, is an important part of the spirit. Yeah. The your body, your body is affected by your soul and spirit uh-huh. immensely affected uh-huh. and vice versa. As you said, with your chronic pain, your soul and spirit were affected. Yeah. Well, what is the Shema? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, uh-huh. mind, strength. Yeah. The Hebrews would say with your gut, yeah. with your, you know, all of, all of it. Yeah. It's all one mm-hmm. thing. It's not just love the God, love the Lord your God with your brain. With your brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think all the right thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope that answered your question yeah. of how I would, how I would bring that in with a client is I, I literally just... I can point to the data and the research mm-hmm. that shows a lot of findings of why this this area is important. And I don't poke. I don't pick four people. I have a survey, and it goes through all of these areas, and it asks you to rate from 0 to 10 your satisfaction currently with this area in your life, and then also a readiness to make changes in this area. And so if somebody gives themselves a 4 in that area but puts not ready to change, then I don't poke. Because that mm. it's not, we have to have intrinsic motivation, which is a motivation from within, not an extrinsic motivation, which is feeling pressure from someone else to make the change, but it's there. And so that, that gets people's wheels turning about 
all of these different areas because it's in one place. You're not having yeah. to go 15 different places to see these things and then piece it together in your car and your brain. Right. Yeah. On your own. Right. So you could just, this sounds very much like the seven F's that David does mm-hmm. every January yep. um, that we've talked about before, where you're just kind of doing a self-assessment. Mm-hmm. Here's where I am. Here's where I want to be. And then, yeah, to rate your motivation. I think that would be practical too, Kira, right? You can't, change all those areas at all at once. No, we say I, we, um, and I say we meaning health coaches and behavioral change experts. I'm not saying I'm an expert. I'm saying that's who has put this stuff together that I go by. Um, typically two to three areas of focus and no more, because you don't want to overwhelm people and you really want people to have success. You don't want discouragement because we've, we've decided we're going to do seven of the nine areas. Right. So typically two is great. Three is max. And a lot of them overlap with each other Mm -hmm. so we can bleed them together. Mm -hmm. But you definitely don't want to overdo it and get too excited. Yeah. So all you overachievers out there, just cool (laughs) it, cool it. Back up a little bit. I've literally had clients before that have put ready to change on all of the areas. (laughs) And when I've gotten the form back, I'm like, oh, Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> we love your enthusiasm now. Um, what, what would you say the difference is between soul and spirit? I think soul is that constitutional makeup of who you are, the uniqueness that is you um, as not only as a human, but who God has made you. And I think any mother, if that's an easy question, because you see your children and you see those little souls and you see the difference. Um, and then spirit is obviously sourced from the Lord. So that's outside of us. Mm-hmm. That animating breath. Mm-hmm. I think one person put it in like in Genesis when God breathed into Adam. And I, I love that because uh, I think it was Dallas Willard who used to say to himself every morning, I'm an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's universe. And it's, he's reminding himself like this, this flesh is going to fail. I'm going to get a new body, a resurrected body one day, but the soul who I am and my spirit joined with the Holy spirit are, are eternal and I will go be with the Lord and then I'll get my new body. It's a good thing to remind yourself of to, to just, you know, our, our flesh fails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You young moms may not see it as much. When you have a young friend get sick, it hits you. Yeah. Um, it, it, it will give you a reset real quick. Right. The temporariness of it all. That, that's right. Of this that's world. right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So can you talk about stress? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. What do you want? Why is where, it where, so where, 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 <laughs> Help us um, eliminate it forever. Forever. If you could just do that in like 10 minutes yeah. or so. Yeah, for sure. Um, Easy peasy. So, okay. The more I reading I do about stress, I, I one doctor friend of mine said he, doctors are now saying up to 95% of disease they're suspecting is the root of it is caused by stress. Ooh. And, and 5% is not. So the good news is if we can address the stress, we can actually affect 95% of the things that are going on with us. Hmm. Just a little list. We're non-sciencey people, Bonnie. Right. So we, we found a list of things that, that happens to your body under stress. You can, um, get inflammation in your body, which makes you more susceptible to colds, Depression, heart disease, high blood pressure, irritable bowel syndrome, metabolic syndrome, sleep issues, stomach pain, diabetes, weight gain, 
it, all the things. Yeah. yeah. Everything we struggle with. And I'm sure pe- you see people coming to you because they are stressed. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the people that come to me, especially for yoga therapy is because they're finally feeling or seeing or have been told about the physical manifestation of stress in their body. So they're at that point where it's like, it's been unmanaged for so long. They are now having physical repercussions for that stress or Mm -hmm. elevated stress level. So to start, let's talk about how stress works and I'll make it really, really easy. So going back to talking about us and our human flesh. So we're talking about human beings. We, our nervous system and and us as humans hasn't really changed in 2000 years. So picture whatever wild environment it can be, you know, an African field, it can be the mountains, doesn't matter. But our nervous system is designed to really keep us, keep us safe. That's where fight or flight comes in. So the fight or flight is where your sympathetic nervous system goes, oh my gosh, there's a lion coming, go. So it's all about survival. The problem is now is there's not a lion, but there is constant, consistent, and an abundance of environmental triggers that our nervous system perceives as the lion. Ah. And so that's why we're in this chronic state of fight or flight. And so the parasympathetic nervous system is the nervous system in the body that is, we call it the rest and digest. It's the one that says, it's okay. Everything's fine. Calm down. Take a deep breath. Exhale. But we, we don't really we don't have a lot of opportunities where that occurs naturally. And we also don't, most people don't have the tools to counterbalance the fight or flight. So the fight or flight, that's, you know, the lion, the, oh my gosh, what happens in your body is adrenaline. So that's what kickstarts you, the go, puts the, you know, foot on the gas pedal. But at the same time with the adrenaline, your body releases cortisol. And cortisol is really that hormone that's secreted that, contributes to the list Mm -hmm. that you guys just read off okay okay so so the um I've thought I've heard this description before and I've thought were those people in the jungle or in the mountains they weren't stressed all the time like they didn't even know where their next meal was coming from what's (laughs) happened to us I got a pantry full of groceries and what do I have you know what I mean like I've I've found things to be stressed about Mm-hmm. I've found them. And and so that's just a mystery to me. And also, do you have any answers for that? Why do we do that? Is it technology? Why why the pace do we, of life? Why, do why we are we look? yeah, why are we finding stress where like we we feel like maybe these ancient people 2000 years ago had those bursts of stress but but maybe didn't have that constant stress or maybe they did. Well, and I'm in no way an expert in this part. Anthropology. At all. Um, <laughs> prehistoric. So let's just go prehistoric and, people. Um, that's not my expertise. <laughs> but what I would guess is if you look at that long timeline of really our situation, our lives not changing that much until, what, 100 years ago. And there's been famine and all of those things, different different stressors. But then what? In the last 30 years, we have computers. Right. We have cell phones. We have AirPods. 
both parents are working away from home more. Um, so there's, there's more chaos in, in shuffling the kids and being home. We go more. We've packed out our schedules more. There's social media. So there's so many different things that in such a short time span we have added that our body does not know what to do with. And it also hasn't had time to regulate and adapt to it. Mm-hmm. So we have literally just thrown, if you look at, again, what, 2,000 years? And in 30 years, we did a lifetime mm-hmm. of stressors. Mm-hmm. And it never stops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense to me. So I have another question then, because um, alcohol, okay. it's a, a common go-to yeah. to relieve stress. I even had a doctor tell me to drink a glass of red wine every night when I came and was at my wits end with a baby and a toddler. Can you believe that? The research is going to conflict with that. I know. I yeah. know, yeah. but it is a common go-to. We know this. Mm-hmm. We've had um, a really awesome guest on. Yeah, Samantha Perkins. Samantha Perkins, mm-hmm. who um, stopped drinking as a young mom. It became a problem for her and such a great podcast. But um, uh, alcohol is really not a great, It's it's it works short term. And you probably know the biology of this more since because of your background. But then eventually it doesn't really work short term as well as it. It did in the beginning, and then it's really bad long term. And then it's affecting your sleep and, it's and the a, other yes. things that you said. Yeah, you know, that's another so can pillar. You just like yeah. put a pin in that, and like, what would you say about using alcohol to reduce your stress? I would say, and I actually did a podcast interview with someone last month, and we talked about this. It was somebody who was considering not drinking anymore, just just because she didn't feel good anymore, and so we went down this rabbit hole, and so I for the specific question of alcohol as a use to alcohol, using alcohol to as a coping mechanism for stress or to counterbalance stress is not a good idea. And the reason for that is one, it's going to wreck your sleep. It's gonna be really, really hard to get into those REM cycles. You might fall asleep faster, but you are not going to stay in a deep state of sleep. So that's, your nervous system and every cell in your body restores and repairs when you're sleeping because it's not having to work. It's not having to look for the lion, right? Okay. So sleep is so, so important for longevity. So you're going to affect your sleep. I, I mean, if I have, I mean, you've talked about this. If I have one glass of red wine, I go through, a, I mean, I basically go through menopause four times in one night. <laughs> it is, I mean, I just, it yes. was like 35, I'm 36 now, 35 was when my body went, no, ma'am. <laughs> No, ma'am. No, you won't. And so, and and this is not me drinking a lot. This is just with very minimal alcohol, my body and my hormones don't like it. The other thing about it is alcohol crosses over the blood brain barrier, which means cognitively, it is really not great for your brain. And so the next day, let's say you have a glass of wine or whatever your cocktail of choice is, or maybe two the night before, the next day, your mental clarity is probably not going to be as acute. And so if you think about emotional regulation and thinking about your stress and being able to realistically in real time handle it, you're probably not going to have as much cognitive clarity um, with having alcohol the night before as you would without it. Um, it's, so it's a cycle then. Yeah, it, it, it really, really is. It. It, it really yeah. is. It can be. It's also a, can't de- regulate it's also a depressant. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a depressant. It's a neurodepressant. And so that's why, I, I don't know if y'all have ever heard um, the, what is it? The um, 
something blues. I'm blanking now. Um, but like after drinking the like beer blues or so there was something I feel like a long time ago, I used to hear people say it's not coming to now, but bluesy after drinking, just like kind of sad. Yeah. And feeling like you're a bad person. All up in your feels. Yeah. Yeah. And so it really, again, what am I trying to achieve? Asking yourself questions. So many people have completely punted the ball on their own health. And so you got to ask yourself, okay, what I'm stressed out and how do I want to feel? I know I don't want to feel stressed. How do I want to feel? And then it kind of answers it for you. And I'm not against alcohol. I mean, I last, it was a couple weeks ago, Boone and I went to Five Senses and it was the first date night we had had in like eight weeks. And I had a great glass of white wine before dinner and then a glass of red wine with this pasta. And it was such a beautiful experience and it was great. Completely different situation than if the kids are on my nerves and Boone's been working all day and I'm like, I'm going to crack open this bottle of wine and binge watch a show. And like, that's different. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Everything in moderation. And again, I have no judgments if that's your coping mechanism. (laughs) This is a safe space and we've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can hear that in her voice. That's what makes you such a great health coach and not me based on my tone at the beginning of this (laughs) self-care episode. We all know you're suited for this. <laughs> Truth bomb. <laughs> say. Yeah. Oh, that that was really helpful. I love. I really yeah, love good. that. Um, yeah. Can we talk about food? How yeah. we can have a good relationship with food, with instead of overindulging or being too restrictive. I think we veer back and forth. And Bonnie and I were talking about this. Why is it as women when we hear another woman say, "Well, I'm I'm doing this protein drink in the morning now, and I'm just loving it. And I love the way my body feels." And we go. Well, maybe I should do a protein drink. What's wrong with me? Like, but mm-hmm. that's probably a better choice than what I'm having for breakfast. Mm-hmm. So help us have a, like a really healthy view of food. It's, it's meant to make us, make us well. We're meant to be, yeah. we're meant to enjoy it. It's, we're meant to, to live in wellness with it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do this thing with my clients and also do it with my kids. And I do, I say, okay, feelings and facts. We can... Both can exist and we can honor both and also be truthful about both. And I think you have to be able to do that when it comes to food. I think you have to be able to acknowledge that there's feelings, there's 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 a cultural aspect to food. There is, because our food is also so processed, there is definitely chemical and emotional ramifications and side effects to food. That food is is tricky in that aspect. And then there's also just facts just straight up facts that is science and that your feelings don't don't factor into, you know? And so those are two ways that I think it's important to think about it. And, and because otherwise, again, you can beat yourself up. You can be like, why don't I just want chicken and cabbage? You know? And you're like, because there's, there's... I can tell you why. There's, you know, because there's feelings around it. But when going back to the example you gave of the protein shake and your girlfriend... A lot of times with health and with working out and then food, a lot of it is how do we want to identify? The reason that that shake probably sticks out to us is because she's in her workout clothes. She's probably looking healthy. I'm going to say like her arm muscles are defined. I don't know this person. The holy grail of defined upper arms. Right. And (laughs) she's got her shake. And it's also a testimony of her being so diligent. 
in her behaviors and not giving into cravings because all she needs is that shake to survive. And I want carbs at lunch. So it's really, (laughs) if you think about it, it's really a lot more of, I want to identify as a person who does that. Yeah. And so yeah. that's mm-hmm. where a lot of it comes mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. Paleo, all of the different. Keto. I mean, it's paleo. Intermittent fasting. We're vegan and then we're vegetarian. And I'm not, I'm not being mocking or not being respectful of why people do those. But really, there's one reason why all of those work for the most part. And it's because you take out the crap food. Mm. that's why people see benefits, whether Mm. it's carnivore, unless you have a massive food intolerance, like you are severely allergic to something, Mm -hmm. then that's a different story. But for the most part, it's all because everybody cut out all the junk. That's why it all works. But we all want that magic pill. Mm -hmm. We all want to know exactly, you know, basically how can I keep the behaviors that don't serve me, but also get the results of the other one. Yeah. What do we say, Bonnie? Like every decision you make is a vote for the person you want to be. Yep. That's true with your food. And the thing is, it's not a fair game because they're playing around with you with the chemicals. They make the food so craveable that 100%. Your, your brain is just like, I need more and yeah, more and more absolutely, and more absolutely. of this. Yeah. I mean, when have you craved stuffed cabbage rolls? And like, mm. you don't. You don't Mm-mm. like, I can't recall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't your recall the last time. Yeah, your grandma's stuffed cabbage rolls with tomato sauce. Like <laughs> yeah. it just doesn't Mm-mm. happen because uh-huh. it's just all regular stuff in there. Yeah. It's not the, it's not the words you can't pronounce. I yeah. listened to a podcast, a Zoe podcast um, on this. It's a UK nutrition and it was really interesting. It was two twin brothers one had moved to the united states and eaten 90 percent processed food highly processed food and the other had stayed in the uk and not (laughs) and they had like the same dna so they were like oh we have a science experiment in the (laughs) making and for them highly processed is not what you think because i was sitting there thinking i don't eat highly processed food we eat at home all the time no they said if there's one ingredient on the label you can't pronounce or it's not in your pantry that's a highly processed food. Mm-hmm. And so he had all these, all these diseases. He was very unwell. And so they were able to just unpack that. And they said, what you're saying exactly. The reason the vegan works or the paleo works, it's, it's because you're just intentionally cutting out the yeah. processed food um, and come at it any way you want. Yeah. Well, and all another thing because you said he was in the UK and then the other sibling was here most European countries also don't allow all of that crap in their Mm -hmm. food I mean the United States and New Zealand are the only two countries where it's legal to advertise for pharmaceuticals on TV and on the radio Mm -hmm. the only all the other countries your doctor has to have that one-on-one conversation with you and so again, we're, we're, we're playing a game where we're kind of already at a disadvantage just because there's a lot of tools and a lot of things that are being thrown at us that, um, make it really, really hard. Um, but again, a lot of people are looking for that, that magic pill. And I think the most inviting and the best way to set ourselves up for success when it comes to 
nutrition. I say nourishment because it needs to nourish your body. Mm. Diet sometimes can throw people into a tailspin. And a lot of people have had a horrible experience with diet culture, especially people who are 40 and up, especially with like Weight Watchers. I'm not saying Weight Watchers is bad, but I'm just saying, you know, if you grew up during the fat-free era and the slim um, fast era and the yolk plate where it's got the bikini hanging up on the wall. And it's like, you're, you know, if you just eat a bowl of special K every day, then you can look like this. And so I try to be careful with the word diet too, and just say nourishment. Like how are you nourishing your body with food and what you're putting in it? Um, but it simplifying it is probably the best thing you can Mm. do instead of adding in, just take some stuff out. That's a better question. You, you, I keep hearing you say in different ways and different phrasings, your approach to life is just, what are you saying yes to? Yeah. What, Mm. what is your yes? What is your why? In what ways are you you saying yes? Instead of here's all the things you have to cut out. Here's all the things you need to quit doing. Here's all the things you need, bad practices that you need to knock out of your life. It's such a, a more optimistic and doable, Mm -hmm. more motivating way to approach life, I think. Yeah. And empowering. I I don't do this in the beginning Mm -hmm. with my health coaching clients. It takes a while. I typically work with health coaching clients for a minimum of six months. Um, because research shows that it really takes 12 weeks minimum to get somebody to change a behavior. But so I don't do this in the beginning because it would blow their hair back. But after I've worked with people for a while, I've, I've had a few clients where I've said, I've asked them what it would be like if they saw themselves as the CEO of their health and wellness and basically just said, you are the CEO of the most important company that could be run. And it's you and it's your health and it's your life. And you're acting like the janitor. Mm. Oh, I love it. Mm. CEOs delegate. I love that. They do not participate in things that don't optimize their time. They're very intentional. They have really good boundaries. I mean, so really thinking about your health, every aspect of it as the CEO. And if you, and and that's where I say empowerment, you've, you've got to empower yourself to go, what is my why? What are my strengths? How can I utilize my personal individual strengths to get me to that end zone of the football field, whatever that is? Mm. And then and kind of put your blinders on. Mm. You got to stop mm. looking around so much. Ooh, so yeah. good. Yeah. I'm not yep. interested yep. in a fuzzy white robe with my name on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to be with my miniature cow and my horses. That white robe would dirty up. But maybe for somebody else, that's perfect yeah. for her. And that's yeah. how she would care for herself. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yep, 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 yep. I love that. Oh, it's great. Okay, so how are you teaching your own kids these principles? Because I know you are. Mm, okay. And we got moms listening. So this was the worst time ever <laughs> to ask. When I saw that, it w- you know how it's almost like the Mother's Day things in elementary school where your kids write all the things my mom does for me yep. and you cry because you only think about the times you yelled at them yes. and all the things you did wrong. <laughs> I have been working remotely very minimal for the month of June so I could be with the kids. And so we are, well, June and July. And so I'm on, you know, coming out of summer and my patience the past couple of days has not been great. And so when I saw that, I was like, I'm not teaching them anything. They will have no life skills because of me. I've ruined them. So what I did is last night when we were sitting at the table, I asked the kids that question. I love it. Because I couldn't answer it. And I jotted it down. It's even better coming from them. So this is not, I can add to this maybe, but 
I asked the kids, Ori was kind of in preteen mode. So Willow, of course, eagerly was like, I can, I can <laughs> I speak. I got you, mom. Yeah. I got you. And Willow said that I limit screen times, that I make them have a lot of outside time. I don't let them eat a lot of junk food and I pray over them and encourage them. Oh, so did your mama heart feel good after that? I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm not the worst. <laughs> and then I asked Ori, I said, Ori, do you have anything? He goes, what Willow said. <laughs> and just kept eating his dinner. <laughs> My almost 13 year old was like, whatever, <laughs> whatever, mom. Now, this is true. And let's just go here because this is the mystery person I've mentioned many times on this podcast who has the best boundaries for screens. Oh. And this is part of the health and wellness. And, and here's the deal. I can tell you guys to do this moms, but I'm in my fifties and that train has left the station. Yep. But here's a mom in the trenches. Tell me your screen play. What do you do in your house? Okay. Well, again, summertime has right. been a little different <laughs> because I have been seeing clients on zoom and then doing my podcast. And so there's been, it's been a little bit different and a little bit more. We've done a lot more movies outside, you know, so mm-hmm. summer has been different. But school starts next week, so I'll, I'll speak more to a normal stretch of time. So in the mornings, what I do is during the school year, I started this last year. I've talked about this a, a couple times on my podcast. It's so small, but it's such a gift. I turn on an acoustic YouTube video in our living room that has some sort of nature scene, and it's just soft instrumental music. So that's technically some sort of screen, but... The kids don't look at it. And then there's no screens in the morning. There's school. After school, the kids get one hour of rest time after school. And that's when I either go work out at our house um, or I'll jump on a coaching call or finish up work. And then after dinner, if there is any screens, which typically there's not right now, just because in the school year because of sports, then it would be something that we're all going to watch, like a cooking show or an adventure show or something just for a few minutes. But honestly, we really, my kids are outside all the time. She, and we she have makes a, them be outside. I, I, I lock the doors mm-hmm. and, and it's safe. We live out <laughs> on a farm, but my mother-in-law will tell you, I will lock them outside. And if I don't see blood coming, I mean, it's, you're outside. It's mm-hmm. been 20 minutes. You're fine. Go. Mm-hmm. I insist on a lot of outside time. Um, as far as other screens, our kids have never had iPads, um, one, when we moved out to the farm, we didn't have great Wi-Fi. And so it, and then yeah. we, and then we lingered on getting Wi-Fi for a while. Um, so that solved that problem for me. And I just, again, they're outside, their grandparents live across the farm. They can walk up there. We have all these animals. So we just, it was something that we didn't need really. Yeah. And then fast forward to, oh, the kids do, um, or he has an Xbox upstairs. So during his screen time, he has a couple games he's allowed to play on there. So if he wants to, you know, do that, doors have to stay open. There's no TVs in their rooms. They're also not allowed to watch any TV upstairs. They don't have access to it, but um, they're only allowed to watch TV in the living room because I can see that TV from my bedroom. Yep. So that's how we do TV in our house and everything has locks on it and parental guards. And then last year, my son um, finished, he just finished sixth grade. So that was a blast being the only one that doesn't have a phone. <laughs> Real fun. You but, like, so I, that, my sister, I support you in yeah. this. So I do have to say this though. So we ended up about a month ago or wait, when school got out, I've, got Ori a phone and here's what I did 
I said all year long, he said, I want a phone, please. Everybody has one. Everybody has one. And I said, I love that for them. Love their families. <laughs> I don't parent according to other people or the world. And sorry. It just, I can't really be budged. I don't mm-hmm. give in mm-hmm. um, very easily with my kids. I dig my heels down. And Boone Whitaker Oh, yeah. Steady as a rail. (laughs) He has no, I mean, he, they didn't even have a TV, I don't think, till he was in high school. So he's like, oh, you don't have a phone. I didn't, I shared shoes with my brother. You know, like he's he's the hole in my day. I had to walk 15 miles in the snow Uh to school time, dad. And so uh, he went to camp with his school. And when he got back, I had an old phone for him that I had spent so much time doing all the parental guards on it. There was no safari on. I mean, it was basically you can call me, yeah, mm-hmm. and you can and you can text your soccer team and your friends. And he was so sweet and so gracious. And we have a charging dock in our room that all devices go on. And there's basically you can have it in the main area of the house. And it lasted three days, and he dropped it in a horse trough, and that was that. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God! Oh, Thank you, Jesus. He was. He was. He oh. and. It was again, it was a lesson. I said, uh-huh. that stays on the counter. Yeah. Um, you know, all of these rules. And he didn't listen to me. And uh. he went to go do his chores and he sank it. Yeah. And so that happened. So about a week ago, um, I got him a used one. And but it has um it's called the Bark app, if any parents yep. don't know it's what great. that is. Yeah. It's not foolproof, but also I'm not naive to my children, you know, and and what the teen years will hold, but I've run a really consistent tight ship and my no means no, my yes means yes. Mm -hmm. And so we've just, our house never changes. So when Ori has friends over and I tell the parents, cell phones don't go upstairs, your child's phone has to go on the counter um, and they go in my room at night. So that, and so we just are very consistent. And I also tell Ori, I don't have to be with Willow because we're just not there yet. I say, this is not because I don't trust you. This is because the world is seeking you out. These are because the things that are looking for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that for you because that's a burden that you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to handle. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that for your brain and your heart. And so we're just not going to put it there to where it could get to you. Mm-hmm. And that's been my stance. Um, the reason though, I do have to say this, that I did get him one um, is because Ori, especially with sports, um, he gets dropped off, you know, at sports and stuff. And then I go to take Willow to hers. And there's, there was a couple times at, in the spring where things got rained out or the times got changed and he couldn't get a hold of me. And I didn't like him sitting out mm-hmm. there. I also, we don't let our children go to people's houses unless it's a close friend of ours. I think they've maybe had sleepovers at two people's houses, mm-hmm. three that aren't family. I think that's going to be more and more the norm anymore. Um, I'm hearing that more and more. However, I want my child at this point with giving him a little bit more freedom to, you know, go, you know, ride in the car with this person. If we're at a soccer game and we're all going to the same restaurant, I want him to be able to get a hold of me and not have to go through an adult that's Mm -hmm. not family Mm -hmm. if he needs to. Mm -hmm. So it's on lockdown. There's absolutely no social media. That's a non-negotiable. I mean, when the CDC comes out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and says, (laughs) you know, it's way worse than it's being reported. (laughs) And so um, this is not, this is a form of communication to get a hold of me when I'm not with you. This is in no way a free for all of here's a phone and you have access to Mm -hmm. the world. Yeah. 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 
It sounds like um, I saw a dad the other day saying, like, we bought a phone. It was kind of like a home phone. Like, yeah. this is a phone you may take with you mm-hmm. when you go to your sports. And when yeah. You, and, but it's actually our phone uh-huh. and yeah. and we can look at it and yeah. we oh I know, told my it. I told my kids you own nothing yeah <laughs> I told Ori the other day I said you're poor and he said stop <laughs> saying that I said you have no money that is mine I'm allowing you to use this yeah. thing that I bought yeah. and I pay for and I'm happy to do that if you're respectful and you mm-hmm. show me that you can it? handle yeah. it but it's mine it's not yours yeah, yeah. I know yeah what a concept. I know. Oh, it's, it's, it's great. So moms, you can do yeah. this. There are other like-minded moms out there. There are. Don't let that blow your uh, mind. Just yeah. like, no, like you're not the only one. And you can you can take that kind of wise stance with screens. It's incredibly important for their health. Yeah. Absolutely. And they do great without, I mean, my kids do, they're out there. They move their bodies. They're playing. They and again, they have screens. It's not we're not a screen free home. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they especially the summer they've been watching more TV, more movie nights. They've just read it. They just watched all the Indiana Jones movies at night together and had popcorn. So I'm not anti screen. It's just especially during the school year, I really want to limit it. Yeah, I don't oh. want it to just be filler time. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it becomes. It, I mean, that's true for me. I'm not immune to that. Mm-hmm. Get that phone in my hand, and next thing you know, I've checked my email, and now I'm on fill in the blank app. Yeah. This app, that app. I'm exactly. sending you all kinds of reels, Bonnie. Yeah, you're like, stop it for the yeah. for the love. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got to respond to this one too. I always joke with my because I have somebody who helps with my social media, and I always tell Ben that the algorithm is probably like, who is she? Yeah. I can't figure <laughs> it who out. Who is she? It's an- cute animal videos. And then it's yoga. Vi- it, it is the wild <laughs> west. The algorithm can't figure me no, out. Can't do no. it. That's how I wish I was. Though. Uh, we all yeah. were being that the way. The mystery. Awesome. So, oh, this has been so good. Is there any final word that you would want to share with our listeners? Mm. Oh, I don't know. I guess just to encourage, especially especially the women out there. I, I have male clients as well, but I feel like I can most authentically relate to mm-hmm. a woman, obviously. Um, just to be gentle with yourself and and go back to the phones. Just stop looking in your neighbor's yard. They don't know. They don't have some sort of wisdom that you don't. And just take a deep breath. Slow down keep it simple and remember it does not have to be glamorous the wellness industry has has made a lot of us believe that if we don't live in LA or New York or have an Equinox membership or if we don't juice three times a day or if we don't have the Lululemon pants that wellness is not for us and I'm here to say that everyone deserves to have a sense of wellness it's fleeting it's not always consistent there's ebbs and flows it's messy but we all should and deserve to seek that out and pursue it because it's really, really hard to carry out our mission and our purpose and also be a servant if our human physical body isn't performing well to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. What a good so word. Oh, good. Can you see why I like going yep, to work? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so good. I do. Well, we're going to link to your podcast. Yeah. On our materials and, and your website, your website, yep. which yep. is what? Let's just tell our listeners. Um, it's ardenyoga.com. Ardenyoga.com. Got okay. it. Okay. 
Great. So you can find us on our website at justaskyourmom.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And please take five seconds to rate and review the podcast and share us with your friends and family. And send us those topic suggestions. We love hearing from you. We've had some great conversations because of your ideas. Um, Our Gmail is justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just Just Ask Ask Your Mom. Mom.